I'll be reading from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. I, therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to leave a, lead a wife life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it is said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. When it says he ascended, what does it mean but that he has also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the same one who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from which the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. You know, one of the uh, good things this morning about being able to stream services is that many of you got to stay home and uh, not come out in, in the snow. When I got here to uh, Spring Creek this morning, uh, not much was happening, and since then there's been quite a bit of snow coming down. Um, and so while many of you get to stay home and stay warm, uh, I'd ask that after the service you pray for those of us that are here that still have to drive home and uh, you can pray for our safety as we return uh, this morning. Well, just by a little way of recap of where we have been at in um, this Hearing God's Call sermon series, we have been looking at stories of God's call. And so we've looked at the story of Abraham and how he responded in faith and faithfulness to, to hear God's call, to, to trust God and to go where God was calling him to go. We looked at the story of a, a young boy, Samuel, who hears the voice, who is willing and, and ready to respond, but he needs some guidance in figuring out who's calling him and how he really needs to respond. 
We then looked at a story that involved uh, an older uh, adult, Samuel, in calling the boy David, who is an unexpected choice as he's, he's the youngest one of Jesse's sons. He's out tending sheep. Uh, he's not the, the, the great strong hero yet um, that he will be later. And it's in this part of his life that he is anointed and, and called um, as the next king. Last week, we looked at um, a story of missing the point in the story of Jonah, who hears, he hears God's call very clearly at the beginning of the story, and yet he chooses to run away from that call. He um, just has some, some twisted ideas of, of what it means to uh, respond to God's call. He's hoping that God will uh, condemn and, and destroy the city of Nineveh. And when things don't go according to, to Jonah's plans, he's, he's upset with God about it. And so we looked at that story and maybe some ways that we miss God's call. Next week, we'll be looking at the story of Esther, who is in the right place at the right time and, and the right person for the specific mission that God has for her. He, he's, he's put her just in that right set of conditions at that right moment. And we'll look at how she responds. Well, this morning, um, or typically in our sermons, I spend a lot of time looking at uh, what we call biblical hermeneutics. We uh, spent some time this past week with um, our Thursday night together class talking about biblical hermeneutics, and that's really just a big word that means interpretation, how we, how we read the Bible. And we want to understand what the Bible communicates to its, its first audience in its original context, and then we move to see how it communicates to us today in our current context. Well, this morning we're going to kind of step into that second part because we've been kind of laying the groundwork and, and we'll continue that, that uh, foundational aspect of seeing how God worked in, in the characters in the Bible and the stories throughout the Bible. But this morning we're going to be doing something called uh, cultural hermeneutics. That is to look at the context and the world in which we live. And to look at the realities of the world around us, the, the global realities, the, the national and, and local context in which we live. We also need to look at ourselves. To honestly look at our, our gifts, our, our strengths, our, um, our points where we could be growing. And maybe some things that we need to let go of. And so we're going to be talking about and, and looking at what it means for Spring Creek Church of the Brethren to hear God's call and, and to think about how we uh, respond to God's specific vocation for our life in, in this time and this place. So as we uh, jump into some of that conversation this morning, would you pray with me? Jesus, we believe that you have called us, called us as, as individuals to uh, partner with you in, in your mission in the world, but also called as a, a community of faith, 
as, as a people who uh, proclaim Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, as, as we proclaim new life in you. And we believe that that impacts the world around us as well. And we hear, we want to hear your call and we want to respond to your call. And so as we look at the, that this morning, would you be moving in our hearts? Would you be uh, inspiring us, breathing your life into us that we may hear, that we may discern, and that we may act to live out the vocation you have called us to? May the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let me just begin by kind of naming a little bit of the, the current situation that we find ourselves in on this Sunday, January 31st, 2021. Of course, we continue to deal with a, a global pandemic. That's a, that's a reality, no matter uh, what you think about it, no matter how you feel about it, no matter how, and we're all just kind of tired and, and sick of it, um, and uh, but that's the reality that we're kind of living in right now. It is a reality that has accelerated or exacerbated a lot of stuff in our society over the last 12 months. Here at Spring Creek, you know, we've, we've talked before the pandemic um, about some of the changes that are happening in society, some of the, the things that are happening around us, and, and really some of the opportunities that we have to minister uh, to those around us, to our, our, our friends, our, our neighbors, our coworkers, um, other students that, that we spend a lot of time around, and, and what that looks like for us. You know, one of the things that I uh, have been thankful for, and, I, and I've named this a couple of times over the last 12 months, is that before this whole pandemic started, before we ever thought that this was uh, going to happen, before we ever heard of coronavirus and all of that stuff, we ha had started to work at uh, being able to uh, stream our worship services, of, of utilizing uh, technology to minister to a, a, um, the generations that are increasingly engaging in learning through video and, and communicating with one another, connecting one another in very different places. Um, we had been working at that before this all started. For the last year, it has been really one of our primary means of communicating with one another and, and experiencing worship and, and growing together. This has been uh, kind of central to the way we uh, communicate in the last year. And we know that digital means of communicating, of, of teaching, of, uh, of even meeting aren't going away. And there's lots of pros to that. And there's lots of cons to that. It's just kind of a, a reality that we will have to wade into uh, in, in the future. You know, one of, for me, one of the uh, pros has been in, when we have Zoom meetings that I can eat dinner right up till about five minutes before the, the meeting. And then I can go to my uh, M&W meeting or board meeting or deacon meeting or whatever meeting we have that evening. I can go to it and I, can, I don't have to drive. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to go out into the cold or, or whatever. We can just get on the meeting. Uh, 
I'll tell you the downside of that is just not being able to interact in the way that we did before those meetings, to uh, share more about what's happening in our lives, to talk before and, and after the meeting. I, I miss those opportunities. You know, in the, in the coming months, we'll be looking at and addressing some of those continued needs and how we can move forward uh, into um, the time in the immediate future, but also how do we continue to, to utilize technology and, and video and, and these different ways of communicating uh, long-term? Because I, I think in a lot of ways, some of this won't go away. One of the, the wonderful things about the, the video uh, component of the way we're, we're worshiping right now, is that we've been able to welcome in people from different locations, uh, other congregations who may be joining us for, for a time. And so it's been good to have some of those um, digital visitors uh, joining us for worship. And um, we, we understand and we start to see ways that we can continue to utilize this to, to get uh, the message of Jesus Christ out to people in very different places and, and different situations. Another one of the things that maybe we need to just name um, in, in moving forward and, and where we're at right now is the reality of our attendance. You know, before the pandemic, we were uh, averaging in worship about 130 to 140 people in worship between the, the two services that we had. But for the last year, we've only had one service. And so part of what we'll need to discern is what our Sunday morning looks like when the pandemic is over. And, and what does that ministry look like moving forward? Online, we, like I said, we've added new folks who, who gather and worship with us who, who maybe weren't able to do that before. Uh, some of our folks that we have you know, thought of as, as shut in have been able to, to join us in, in very different ways uh, than they were able to before. People that, that weren't able to come out because of uh, health or um, people that have been able to join us from, from different locations around the United States um, and, and are able to participate with us in worship. And some of that is, is really exciting and, and is a, a wonderful way for us to, to reach out. It also brings up challenges that we have. We'll need to connect with those who are online, who may remain online for, for some time uh, because of health concerns, uh, even as we, uh, in a couple of weeks, begin to get some of us, more of us will be gathering for worship. We understand that there are folks who will continue to uh, join us virtually for, for uh, some time yet, and, and we want to uh, reach out and connect with them in worship. The reality is that some have probably also disengaged from life at Spring Creek. And that's um, something that we, we mourn, uh, something that um, we, we want to just acknowledge. You know, I, I've thought too that um, as we start to come back to worship as we start to, to gather um, physically again, 
we are not the same congregation that, that left in March of 2020. Some of the folks that, that were very much a part of worship here week in and week out are no longer with us. They're no longer here on this earth. I think of, of uh, Bob Schaefer, who is no longer with us, or Ron Dugan, who's, who's no longer with us. And so we will return a different congregation than what left. Let me continue to name some, some realities of uh, where we're at and, and just thinking about the future. Uh, you know, several of our Sunday school classes have really become uh, small care groups over this time, whether that's uh, continuing to, to meet virtually or uh, at different times throughout the year to meet in person in, in creative ways. Uh, some of those Sunday school classes have really, uh, maybe they haven't met for lessons and things like that, but they've been the primary groups of, of caring for one another, of reaching out to one another um, when there has been uh, sicknesses or, or health issues or, or family issues happening, that these groups have really come to the aid of one another, stepped up and, and brought groceries, checked in on one another. We have others who haven't been a part of those small groups, those, those Sunday school classes. And so uh, we as the, the body will need to find other ways of, of connecting with those who maybe weren't a part of a, an established Sunday school class. We'll need to think about what does all of this mean for our life together post-pandemic. I've also been thinking a lot about our needs. Uh, we have organizational needs here at Spring Creek. We have vacancies on some of our, our ministry teams, which, which help really to, to guide our, our decision-making together. And of course, we don't want to just we don't just want to fill spots. We, we want to have a sense of ministry of how we're, we're growing and discerning the mind of Christ of practically how do we live out our, our vocation together. We have need of, of deacons. I'm, and I'm just going to name this for a second. In particular, we need men, deacons. We have some great women that are involved in leadership throughout the church. And we have some great women who are, are serving as, as deacons, and that is wonderful. That is a, a, a gift. But we also need men who are discerning God's Spirit, who are willing to lead by serving. We have other vacancies on our finance and stewardship team. We have a need, a continued need, a growing need for media and tech volunteers for a number of positions in the church. And we've been so blessed by a core group of people throughout this pandemic who have helped us navigate through all of the different versions of virtual worship that we've had over the last 12 months. And... Man, we don't want to burn out those people because they've been so important to uh, helping us connect with one another and we have a, a continued need for that. 
As we look to, to pick up our, our programming again, we'll also need folks um, to help in different ways with our, our children and, and, and our youth. And, and I'm, I'm looking forward to those times that they can regather and uh, be together. I know for, for my own kids, that's something that they are looking forward to, uh, to seeing their friends, to, to being together. And, and we have an honest need for people who see that as a ministry, who want to, to uh, speak into the life of these young disciples, of, of helping them grow and, and, and helping nurture their faith. Missy and Michelle can't do it all by themselves. And so we need folks who are going to uh, step up, get their clearances, and, and help minister with those, those young people. So those are some of our needs. But along with those needs come some incredible gifts of the Spring Creek congregation. You know, one of those gifts has been financial stewardship. And we have been uh, blown away by the continued financial generosity of this congregation. As, as the board met this last week and, and we looked back over uh, this past year, we have been so thankful for the con continued financial contributions of this congregation that has allowed us um, to envision and think about what does ministry look like down the road. Because we haven't been forced to, to cut back, we haven't been forced to... to uh, Cut everything back in this last year because you have continued to partner with us financially in ministry. And so we're th so thankful for that incredible gift. One of the other gifts I think that Spring Creek has uh, that has maybe often been named as a... Um, a drawback, maybe often been named as something that we wish was different, and of course it's, it's not going to be different, is our location. You know, there's some real positives about our location. Are we out on the highway? No, we are not. We are nestled back into a quiet neighborhood, and that provides unique opportunities of its own. You know, sometimes we've been concerned that we are off the beaten path, meaning not, around, uh, not along a main road. But I can tell you that we are actually along a beaten path of joggers and dog walkers. And as somebody who is frequently here at this location, I can also tell you that a paved parking lot has been uh, a real draw for people in the community, whether that's people out running, riding bikes, families out riding bikes in this newly paved parking lot. Uh, people out at different times throughout the year have been uh, playing hockey out in the parking lot. It has been an opportunity for, uh, it is an opportunity for us moving forward to think about all of the folks throughout the community that pass here every day. And so that, we need to... Um, Envision uh, different ways of using our grounds to minister to the community. I'm excited about some, some things that the evangelism and service team has been working on over the last year to further use this, 
the grounds and the facility here to, to reach out to others. I know there's other dreams and, and visions of how we could utilize this space, this building to bless other people in the community, to, to connect with other people in, in very relational ways, to hear their hearts, to, to speak into their lives, to start to speak the good news of Jesus Christ into their lives. In this facility, too, we have a beautiful tool to help us in our ministry efforts. And we may need to continue to envision and dream and listen to God's call on how we utilize this building to the glory of God and our neighbor's good. Another one of our gifts is, is just a, a group of caring people. We love the way that this congregation has tried to reach out to one another over the last year with cards and meals and, and care packages. Uh, I, I also love the way that there has been this renewed emphasis in, in the last year on, on prayer, whether that's through uh, the prayer chain that has uh, just connected us with one another in, in, a, in a new and different way, uh, whether that's the, the uh, renewed prayer meetings and prayer emphasis that have happened uh, in the last couple of months. Um, hopefully you, you saw too in our announcements that the deacons are going to be putting together uh, some prayer calendar tower um, things, and, and hopefully you can send in your pictures uh, to Karen in the office so that we can uh, see your face, we can visualize who we're praying for. But I, I love these renewed opportunities to, to pray for one another. Another one of our um, strengths... One of the, the good things we have going for us here at Spring Creek Church of the Brethren um, is our faith heritage. Now, let me say this is a little bit of a, a two-edged sword, which is kind of a, a weird uh, way. I probably should have come up with a, another metaphor for the, the brethren uh, than double-edged sword. Um, but I believe that our, our faith tradition this, this faith movement that we are a part of, both as, as followers of Jesus and, and from the earliest followers of Jesus, you know, they, they emerged out of a time of incredible change and, and, and even persecution in, in the early church. The, the, the Church of the Brethren, the, the Anabaptist tradition and the Pietist tradition that we are a part of also began out of a time of incredible change during the, the Protestant Reformation when new communication technology was revolutionizing the way the world communicated in, in the printing press. And now, 500 years later, uh, a new kind of technology is revolutionizing the way we communicate with one another. You know, the Anabaptists and Pietists emerged at a time where society was being torn apart. Despite hostility that poured out against these followers of Jesus, they persisted. And there's echoes of that that we can see in, in the world around us. Uh, division and, and hostility on a number of, of different levels happening around us. Our world needs to, again, see the witness of a people who are committed to the gospel of Jesus, who are committed to serving the least of these, who pro 
proclaim and live a message of holistic peace and, and nonviolence. But the other side of that tradition is that also historically Anabaptists have grown quiet for the sake of self-preservation. Look, we used to live down in, in, in southern Lancaster and there's a whole group of people in southern Lancaster called the Amish and, and different places who have often grown quiet and have disconnected themselves from what's happening in the world for the sake of self-preservation. And historically speaking, you know, I can't always blame them for that, but right now is not the time for followers of Jesus to, to grow quiet for the sake of self-preservation. It's time for us to continue to minister to the needs in the world around us. Needs to hear that God loves them and wants renewed relationship with them. Wants us to, to confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, to, to align ourselves with the, the mission of the kingdom of God. It's not a time for us to get quiet for the sake of self-preservation. We also have a, a pretty great history of being against change. And I got to tell you, I understand that. I, I understand why change is hard for all of us. But it's also a reality. It's also something that we need to deal honestly and, and openly with. That things are changing around us. And while the, the mission, while, while the vocation, the, the very broad vocation will always remain the same. Of loving God, of loving others, of making disciples of all nations. That, that very broad vocation will never go away. And yet the way that we practically live that out goes through changes. It's different than it was 500 years ago. And, and that was different than it was for Jesus' disciples. It's different than it was for, for Paul. It makes little, little changes along the way as we answer this um, broad vocation with specifically how we live this out. I think before us are some incredible opportunities. The pandemic itself has provided opportunities. And I get all of the negatives of the pandemic. I understand them. I hear them. And in a lot of ways, I have echoed them. It has been hard. It has been uncomfortable. It has been stressful. I have been anxious. I'm sure others of you have been anxious. It has been an incredibly difficult season. And it will continue to be a difficult season. And I am not always a very patient person. And I want to speed things up. I want to, to move things along. But we need to, to have patience. But also one of the opportunities that this pandemic has provided, it has given the church uh, an incredible opportunity to hit the pause button. To reevaluate and to dream of what life, worship, and ministry looks like moving forward. It's often hard to 
change course when, when you're in the middle of life, when you're in the, the middle of, of seasons of ministry. You know, the church calendar just kind of keeps coming along. And, and often it's, it's hard to, to change course in the middle of the, all that. But for the last year, we've kind of had a, a, the pause button hit on normal life and, and normal routines and normal ministry. And at some point, we will come back to some kind of normal, or we will move forward to some kind of normal. But we've had this pause button hit for us. Everything is in flux, and so it's really an opportunity to do some hard looking and assessment and discern how God is calling us to move forward in the future, not just in the immediate aftermath of this pandemic and, and all of this stuff. But what does life and, and ministry look like in five to ten years? I was reminded this week by uh, a text from, from a brother um, of the, the quote from uh, Frederick Beekner, who said, the place God calls you is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. What he's talking about is, is tapping into our, our gifts, our resources, our resources as a congregation. But we also need to look at each of our gifts and talents and how we're wired and, and, and the gifts that we have within this congregation, within this community of faith. But we also need sometimes to stretch to think about what growing, sharing, and serving, uh, to, to realize that they may not look the same as we move forward. Still with the same Christ. Still with the, the same broad vocation of, of proclaiming Jesus. That's what our, our passage that Dick read for us earlier is, is really focused on. This, that we have this unity of purpose. This unity of one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God over all who is over all and through all and in all. One God, one Christ. And yet many gifts. Many different ways of, of, of living that out. Many uh, different uh, strengths and, and points to grow. You know, just this morning I... Well, I say I happen to see it. You know, I, I think uh, God speaks to us in a lot of different ways. But I happen to see this article this morning talking about churches that will make it through the pandemic. Which, which is to indicate that some communities of faith are, are really struggling in this time. But the article suggested that those that make it through the pandemic are the ones that have a clear, united focus on Jesus and his mission. This is exactly what Paul is talking about when he said, I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, 
one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Continued focus on Jesus Christ. A unity of purpose, but also a diversity of gifts. Because Paul also writes, the gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. And until all of us come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. See, each of us is, is wired in very different ways. We've had different experiences. We have different gifts. But we need to learn how to partner with one another under a unified, a, a united focus on Jesus and his mission to love God, to love others, to make disciples of all nations. Or as the prophet Micah puts it, to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God. We have incredible gifts. We have incredible challenges. But we also have incredible opportunities. And it's so important for us to be praying, to be reading God's word, to be discerning together how Christ is calling us forward. To hear God's call on our life. To hear God's vocation. And to think about how we answer that vocation together. As the body of Christ. Look, this is not just about figuring out what life looks like when we begin to meet again. It's to be faithful and respond to where the Spirit is leading us down the road ahead, in the next five to ten years of, of ministry, what do they look like at Spring Creek and, and beyond that? Our big picture vocation will, will remain the same. But the specifics of how we live that vocation out will change. And now receive the benediction. May we learn to tune our ears to hear God's call. May we live in faith and faithfulness to God's call. And may we all live out our God-given vocation each and every day. Have a great week, Spring Creek. And enjoy the snow or, or whatever comes our way this week. Uh, may we uh, meet the challenges that are before us in ways that are faithful to who God has called us to be. Grace and peace. Have a great week.